0: catchy that's all all right well hello everybody and welcome back to we are just talking how's it going everyone
1: nobody can answer you when you ask questions yes they, well, i mean they can they're but like who's me. gonna
0: they're in their car going julian you know it's going fantastic today why because i'm alive and it's sunny hopefully and i'm just living the dream every day you know just living the dream Every yeah. day, all day. Yeah, that's what I like to do.
1: Okay. Well, unfortunately, we're not drinking today. I know the first thing that we talk about on every podcast is what we're drinking, and we're not drinking anything today, which is really unfortunate. I know. Because you know, you know what it is. It's we um, failed to. Up our supply of wine
0: and drinking hard liver, hard liver, hard livers, hard, yeah, hard livers it'll affect the liver. You're <laughs> drinking hard, <laughs> hard liquor like every night might be a little too aggressive. So, of course, we had hard liquor on Monday night, but it's Thursday night now. We're like, yeah, we're just gonna keep it sober on a Thursday night. Who does that? It's Thirsty Thursday. Why are we, why, why? Oh my
1: god, it is Thursday. Wow,
0: I know. The week is all crazy. the weeks keep
1: going by so fast, too fast. And I think it's because I have my head so far in my ass at work. Well, do you every... ever
0: notice that like when you're enjoying your time and like you're you're just living your life the time flies by but then when you're at work you're staring at the clock and it's 2 p.m and then you look you know five yeah. hours later and it's just 205 p.m yeah and you're like why is this happening to me right now and i'm like wow we're packing in
1: and it's like eleven fifteen a.m. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> i have those days more often than i have the days that fly by but i will say although the week or the days drag the weeks fly i feel like i agree i, agree. I get to friday i'm like wait what just happened what days did i do drag. this week
0: right right agreed so
1: we are in season two i can't believe we're in season two it's so crazy season two i'm like never gonna i'm not gonna get over it until we're in season three we're in season two and uh today we have a really really awesome guest Elena Fingle. she's from the organized money you might have seen her on instagram you might have seen her on youtube she is a money expert in terms of you know uh savings and and paying off debt and getting your life right financially. um, She's really a powerhouse in all of those areas. And she has so much to offer and I'm so excited to do this podcast with her she uh she's like I said she's a wealth of of knowledge more so than us because we're really we well we were we're better now we're better with money now but at one time we were really just a hot ass mess with money but um and,
0: and we're still like improving and working on and trying to get better and uh, yeah one, one thing Elena is going to be able to teach everybody and show everyone is that you can make small little changes throughout your daily life things that you don't even really think about your life yeah about your, your life
1: in your life not just in your in your money, but in your life, which I find the most valuable. But we'll let her speak to that. Absolutely. She was featured on Yahoo Finance, New York Weekly and Huffington Post. So she's kind of a big deal. And I cannot believe that she was willing to talk to us. No, I mean, she's, she's really great. She's so, amazing. She's yeah. absolutely
0: amazing. Um, and again, like you guys are gonna learn a lot from this. And uh, please make sure you're taking notes. I mean, you know, if you're in the car, like maybe mental notes, but right? Please, like I'm, I'm telling you guys, you're really gonna find this uh, fascinating and really intriguing. And it's gonna make you motivated. I guarantee you, because, like, just by me thinking about it, listen to my voice. Like, I'm pumped. pumped. We're pumped. I'm so yeah. pumped. I'm she's also so got,
1: excited. can I just say, she's also got a really aesthetically pleasing Instagram. Like, I mean, there are a few things that get me going, and one of them is organization. And she's just got, like, I don't know if you're like one of those people that like find yourself in an Instagram hole where you're looking at like pretty handwriting and like different colored post it notes and different colored paper and, and, fine and like perfect lines with like perfect hand i mean I, for me that might make me weird but whatever that is pretty much her whole instagram feed so we're going to share all of that with you and she'll talk more about that as well in terms of actually planning like physically planning things because i for one am a paper i'm a paper uh planner type of gal and uh i think you said you have your uh
0: Notebook. I, I definitely. Refer, you have your
1: beautiful mind notepad.
0: Yeah, my beautiful mind, whatever that is, notepad. I know what it is. You know what yeah, I know, that's rude. I don't know why you say that. I mean, I have a notepad no. to write down what my tasks are.
1: Yeah, but I see you with it and I'm just like, you just look like you're reporting an imaginary crime. Because with it.
0: if I don't have it on me and if I'm not consistently <laughs> writing down my tasks and then boxing those <sighs> tasks out, nothing will ever get done. And yeah. Oh, man. You know?
1: Yeah. So anyway, she's gonna be coming on later, and this is one of those episodes where I'm just like selfishly, like I got her on this podcast because I selfishly need to learn. I need a lesson in this. So hope you guys enjoy it. I, I I think everybody can benefit from it in one way or another. Even if you think you've got your shit together, you probably don't as much as you think you do. So she takes a really cool approach, and she's super well spoken, super personable, and she makes it so like you can just breathe and you feel calm. Even her voice is just like calming. So I'm I'm really excited for all the stuff that she has to share.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, again. And it's amazing the fact that, you know, the things she, she can teach us on how to just, again, conveniently manage our lives. Yeah. Um, and the small changes. Conveniently.
1: That, that's con- a buzzword. Conveniently. Yeah.
0: And the small changes we can make that we're so probably almost like subconscious about that we yeah. don't even think about that we can do in our daily lives that honestly have almost no impact on yeah. how you live your life now. but in the long run certain things certain changes will add up you're like
1: oh shit, wait a minute like i just yeah like for julian and i like going to get coffee after you're done getting coffee like we do that like we've literally done like okay we've had we had breakfast we went out to breakfast had coffee at breakfast and then from that breakfast we're like do you want to go get coffee yeah
0: Yeah, yes there you go so we went out for breakfast (laughs) which is so then
1: yeah. It's so reckless but like and it needs to stop but
0: sometimes it's like just something to do like to pass the yeah, time. Yeah,
1: true. Especially now cuz there's nothing to fucking do so.
0: Right, or then like like a, you know if we do an early morning workout it's just like yeah you know what it's like to get to that through that workout it's almost like all right well you know I'm going to reward myself now with getting starbucks. Yeah. or rook coffee afterwards so yeah. therefore it's like all right cool workout's done high five let's go get coffee. Not even a second thought that, oh, you know, we have a ton of coffee at home. It's like, yeah, but like, yeah, I but don't that's do not, that. that's not the
1: coffee I want. That's not the coffee I that's want. Coffee so ball in. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid, but we do it and we can definitely cut back on it. So that was like the first lesson, but there's also bigger picture things that she talks about. I mean, we're not just talking about like, okay um, you spend you know a dollar on any size Wawa coffee in the morning and you know just cutting that out of your day like yes you'll save seven dollars a week but there's also bigger picture things that she talks about which I think is also helpful so super pumped we're gonna have her come on in a couple minutes but in the meantime we just wanted to catch up with you guys. What did we? What did I want to talk about? Oh, Love on the Spectrum.
0: Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Say on, on Netflix. Yeah, it's a good show. That's it. No, it's a really good show. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Love on the Spectrum. <laughs> it's a very good show on Netflix. <laughs> uh huh. It's about wonderful people. Yes. From the UK and Australia. I think it is it UK too. I thought there was oh, maybe. I don't media. know. Okay, but they're deciphering they the are wonderful human beings and are all on the spectrum and yes. they are like
1: they, they have autism spectrum disorder.
0: Right. Yeah. And they're all like dating. So. It, it's like speed dating they're all like kind of
1: yeah like they set them up with different people like to meet different people right and they set them up on dates and they also give them like date like dating training
0: like Uh, I think yeah a couple guys a couple people got that yeah counseling
1: it's so interesting because what I like I feel like what you can learn from a show like that is you know a lot of people just write off mental handicaps and special needs and things like that all like we kind of just tend to lump it all into one but you really see how like very different they all are and how they how very different their abilities are and disabilities i guess you could say so from a social aspect you see that like they need to learn all of the social cues that come so easy to us like things that you wouldn't even think of like you're just like oh when somebody says that to me i just know to stop talking or if somebody says that to me i know what to say next a lot of people on you know in the, with autism spectrum disorder don't understand those social cues so they learn them and they can learn them they're very smart people they learn them and then they, you see them put them into practice and it's just so oh my god it was such a heartwarming show i cried like multiple times it's a good show yeah it's only
0: like six or seven episodes yeah and you become attached to all
1: the people and it's just like i'm just like rooting for every single one of them and you know you see their personalities just shine through it's hilarious a lot of them are very funny you know they they say things and you're just like you know I think these things, but I just don't say them. They're just like the lack of filter. It just comes out. It's so great. We loved it. It was so heartwarming.
0: Absolutely. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed it watching with you, too.
1: Yeah. You mm-hmm. you kind of fought me on it because, I mean, anytime I'm like, can we watch this love show? He's like, no.
0: No, not necessarily. Because <laughs> when it comes to what? Love Island, which we started watching oh, as well. God. I'm like, let's watch that shit because that is yeah. entertaining.
1: <laughs> there's like, okay, so there's like a local girl from around here that's on it that I actually, my younger brother went to, younger, my only brother went to school with her and so when we know like their family like we kind of grew up with them like in our town and she's on this show so it kind of made us want to check it out and like now we're freaking sucked into it and it's just it takes place in las vegas on the rooftop club at drace if anybody's familiar with that it's like a day club with like a pool and everything but obviously it's empty now because of covid so they used it as kind of like a compound to like just put a bunch of horny uh 20 20- something year olds two to 27 year in there yeah, yeah together and just kind of see what happens and like like pretty much bait them against each other set them up and like you see them trying not to get into confrontation you know the show is just like twisting the knife like just do it like just (laughs) really totally screw that person over like whatever so yeah we're watching that we actually have to catch up on that but we binged uh, love on the Spectrum because it was just so, so good. We watched all the episodes. Yeah, it was only like, like, a day, like I said, days? like
0: a couple of days, like five or six episodes, maybe seven. Yeah. Know, something like that. I hope
1: they have another season of it. Jeez. I'm sure they will. I hope they popular. do. It was so good.
0: Circling back around now to the topic of this episode. Yeah. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. I are think. You,
0: are you guys ready? Yeah. Carly? Carly, are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Are you guys um,
0: ready? I know I'm ready.
1: So Elena is going to be joining us in a couple minutes. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with our guest, Elena Fingle. See you guys soon. Hey all you true crime fans, this is Mike Ferguson And this is Mike Morph. And we're back with our guest, Elena Fingal of The Organized Money. Hi, Elena. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. We're so excited to have you. We want to know everything about what it is that you do and help our audience. I know your title is pretty self-explanatory, The Organized Money, but can you tell us uh, kind of what it is that you do?
2: Yeah, sure. So my name is Elena Fingal and I am the owner of the Organized Money, which is a company that teaches people how to organize their life and manage their money. What I realized over the past couple of years is just that when my life was disorganized, when I had things kind of all over the place, when I had clutter in my house, my money was the exact same way. I was overspending, I was not budgeting properly. So I founded the organized money to help people kind of get on track with their life first and then show them how that relates to their money and how they can use those same principles and apply it to their money and get their finances together also
0: oh my god where were you 15
1: years ago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so awesome. i know i think everybody i think we can all agree that at some point we needed something somebody like you elena to help us because i know for a fact julian and i were a hot mess circa 10 15 years ago 10, 15 years ago yeah, yeah. I mean, just yeah, mm-hmm. just
0: being young and not knowing anything about how to manage your money or like what to do with I mean, maybe if you did get some money like what to do with it where to put it so i think this is amazing information to learn i'm so glad you're with us i'm to take it, not just for our audience, but I'm going to take it for my personal benefit as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be a part.
1: So when you say organize your life, what do you mean by that? Like, where's a good starting point to get yourself together, get your life together um to kind of plan for a better future?
2: So I can basically tell you how it started with me when I when me and my husband first got married we were just kind of living life you know just we don't have any kids we were just having fun so we would just wake up and just do whatever we wanted that day of course we would go to work but then on the weekends it was like you know yolo let's go spend money let's go out to eat let's just have fun um and that lasted for about the first two years and then once i got pregnant with our first daughter I realized how much money played a part into everything, right? Like I couldn't just be willy nilly with the budget because we had someone else that we had to take care of and having to wait until the next payday wasn't gonna work when you had to buy bottles and diapers and just kind of doing whatever you wanted. So I wanted to get better with my finances and that's where it started. But what I realized is is that when I just woke up and ran out the house and didn't prep my lunch and didn't prepare for the day, I was more likely to spend more money. I spent more money, I spent more time, I lost time. I, like, I didn't have as much energy, I wasn't cooking. It was just so many things was leading into the other thing. So what I decided to do was start to develop routines, habits, find ways to be a little bit more productive and find ways to plan my life better. And once I started doing that, then it started to save me money because if I was meal planning, then I wasn't eating out. If I would check the weather the night before, then then I didn't have to buy an umbrella while I was out because I didn't pack one because I didn't check. So it was small things at first. And then I realized that just developing these routines, just checking my bank account as soon as I woke up and doing these small things was saving me so much money. And I started to make the connection on how the things that you can do every day in your routines and your habits could actually save you thousands of dollars in the long haul. And so that's how it got started and I was basically just giving people tips on just small things that they could do and it just kind of snowballed from there. I started a YouTube channel and it's just kind of grown from there where it starts with like figuring out your life, your habits, your personality and how what's the finding the best system for you and then using that system in order to save you more money in the long run and build your way up to financial wealth and financial freedom.
1: Wow. I mean, that literally speaks directly to me because I I feel that like I feel when like you said, if I don't pack my lunch, even if I don't like lay out my work clothes the night before, I just feel like a hot mess the next day. And I just can't get my head straight. And I'm just constantly like I've even had the moment where you're just like, oh, I don't even have a hair tie. And, you know, I'm going to be running from place to place. And let me just stop and buy this like package of hair ties. And like like you said, like little things like that add up. And when you're not prepared, that makes a lot of sense. And I know Julian and I both are meal preppers, like for the most part. But when I don't have anything with me at all in terms of like snacks or like a lunch or something like that, I feel like I've just been caught with my pants down. Like I just I'm like, where am I going to eat? Like what? And, you know, we're pretty health conscious. So like then there's the added, you know, stress of like, okay, where am I going to find something healthy to eat? Not just something to eat and shove in my face, but something that's healthy. So I really I really appreciate that approach to like organized life means organized money. yeah Yeah.
2: and if you think about it it's just like you know it's the same thing if you don't go to the gym if you don't plan to go to the gym if you don't lay out your workout clothes if you don't plan to eat healthy you'll find your way into more negative habits or habits that don't suit the best you it make you a healthier person because you are not prepared but the more prepared you are the more likely you are going to do those things that benefit
0: you. That's amazing, and I um, what I like too, like you said, it, it's a small little things that each of us can do in our daily lives every day that you didn't, maybe you don't even think about, but like you said, that all that can all add up, and that can end up saving you thousands of dollars, you know, through the course of some time. Um, you know, I, for example, I know Carly mentioned meal prep, right? Like I know I know we can spend fifty dollars at the grocery store one time for that week, and then we have we can prep all week long. And not have to spend money again on food. And, but yet, if it's a Saturday or a Sunday, we're trying to YOLO, like you said, you know, I can DoorDash something and it's $60. That's one meal. Exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's really helpful. Okay. So once you've kind of figured out your, well, let's backpedal. So you're trying to organize yourself, organize your habits, things like that. I've noticed on your Instagram, you have like such a cool like planner like lifestyle that you do. Like, I mean, I just, that's like planner porn for me. Like I look at it and I'm like, Oh, look at the handwriting (laughs) and and the bullets and the lists. It like, it like speaks to me. So, so how do you incorporate planners and like writing things down and visualizing into organizing your life?
2: So a lot of what I do all revolves around paper planning. I am a huge Huge paper planner. Um, And I have budget planners and paper planning, in which I know in this digital age, a lot of people have been turned off. They're like, oh, it's so much easier on my phone. It's so, you know, I could just quickly pick up my phone and I could just put things in. But when you paper plan, when you write things down, the first thing that it does is your handwriting speaks to you. You are more likely to stick to the plan if you write it down. It says you're 46% more likely to achieve a goal if you actually write it down. The next thing is, is a lot of times our phones have a lot of distractions that are associated with it. I have done this so many times. I picked up my phone and said, you know what, I'm gonna look on my calendar for something. And then I'm checking all of my notifications because I just got five notifications. So let me check those real quick. And then I'm on Instagram for 30 minutes and I've literally lost so much time Because I am attached to this device that is just shooting me notifications all day when if I'm paper planning, I'm more likely to stay more focused. And another thing that I do is I'm able to write down my vision of what I want to do more clearly when I write it down on paper other than writing it, I mean typing it. So a lot of it, like kind of coincides together. I, um, on my YouTube channel, I share a lot about planning on paper, time blocking on paper, like because time equals money. We all know that. So how do I plan out my day to make sure I'm being the most productive, getting the most done throughout the course of my day? And then I will budget plan also planning out every time I get paid. I'm looking at our net worth. I'm writing these numbers down. I'm looking at our debt tracking our savings, seeing every little thing that we do and getting into the details on paper just so it really, really sticks with me and everything will kind of flow a little bit better if you are able to write it down. So I am a big paper planner. I create them. (laughs) I sell them in my shop. I love them and I really don't see myself doing it any other way because it really, really has helped me stay on track and really get organized
1: right yeah that makes a lot of sense i'm a big paper planner too and people make fun of me i feel like especially in my field Yeah, like I'm an attorney, so I, you know, my work calendar is on the computer, but I find myself writing things down in my little paper planner, mine, like, you know, and that's something that I have access to. It's not something that I can, you know, send to my assistant and be like, oh, can you do this for me? It's something that I have to look at and I have to do, which is kind of why I like it a lot. So I'm with you yeah. on that.
2: Yeah, I love it. I
0: love it. Yeah, no, I, I kind of did the same thing as well. Um, I guess it's an old habit that I picked up when I was in the military, but like in the military, basically, you should always carry on some kind of a notebook and a pen. And even in my professional career now, I'm normally walking around with a notebook and a pen, and I tend to write down tasks and like box them. And then when they're done, I can check them off and I can move on to the next. And to oh the yeah, next. you do do that. I do, yeah, and I noticed that if I do that, I, I consistently stick to what my plan is. If I don't do that, I'm, I'm scatterbrained and I'm all over the place. So I do know that, uh, I do agree with you that even in this generation and this age of technology, I think writing things down still is the best way to, to achieve almost anything that you want to. Yeah,
2: and even with most people, a lot of people, they'll, they'll feel overwhelmed if you feel overwhelmed, stressed as soon as you wake up, the first thing that you do it, if you take out a piece of paper and just jot down everything that's coming into your brain, like brain dump it all onto paper, you will feel so much better once you get it out of your head yeah. and finish Paper, right? Like it, it's not exactly 100% the same when you do it on computer. You can do it, but something about putting that pen to paper just releases so much stress and releases that overwhelming feeling that you may have had about all the things that you need to do or the places you need
1: to go. Getting
2: it out on paper, getting yourself organized, making it just makes you feel better and you're ready to take on the day
1: totally less overwhelming absolutely
0: (laughs) Um, elena you talked about time is money do you believe in paying for ways to save time
2: so i we will pay for certain things even in our home we pay for certain things in order to save the time that's allocated to that thing so i do a calculation right so um, with my, me and my husband, we will calculate we're both self employed, so we calculate basically how much we make in an hour. So, if my husband is meeting with um, a client and it's $75 an hour that he may charge for his time, and the grass guy charges $30 for that same hour, we'll pay for it because right. he can make more in the hour doing what he does rather than cutting the grass and trying to save us money there right right? so we we will do calculations based on our time because in reality time does equal money and if you know how much you make or how much you possibly could make in one hour then your time may be better served doing something else like we're not big on tv we do a lot of reading in our house you know we'll we'll watch netflix um maybe like one hour out of the day, maybe. But for the most part, we aren't really, really huge on TV because we know that that time can be better served in another area. So even if you just kind of plan out, that's why I'm really, really big on time blocking. And time blocking is basically looking at different hours of the day and assigning what you're going to do at that particular time and what that does for you is it helps you be more productive and will help you make more money in the long run because you are assigning tasks that can make you money at a specific time instead of wasting away your day or watching a bunch of TV and then feeling like you weren't productive or you didn't get certain things done.
1: Right. Yeah, that actually, that makes a lot of sense. So you're balancing, you know, like you said, what your husband makes in an hour. And that I think that's a good example, landscaping or, or, or grass cutting, you know, that's right. something that can only be done during the day, pretty much. Right. So, you know, it's not like it's one of those tasks where you can say, oh, well, I could, I could allocate, you know, an hour after work to do this. It's like, well, not really, you know, you, you kind of need to get it done during the day. So. I see what you're saying there like and I think I think we put a premium on you know our time and we pay you know I think in general like just as a society we pay a lot for other people to do our jobs type of thing like our our household Mm -hmm. chores and things like that but I think that's an important thing to be conscious of because you know if it's something that you could just as easily do yourself and you're paying somebody else to do it you know I mean that could be an easy way to save money you know quickly yeah
2: yeah what which i say it really really does depend because if you make 15 an hour right. and the grass cutting is got and he's 30 then it may benefit you to figure out a way to fit it in your schedule it really really does depend on first your financial goals what like where you are in your journey because once again when we were starting off we did everything Right? Right. So a couple of years ago it was like, okay, we need to get rid of some of this debt. We got we like we're looking at the overall goal. So we were cutting everything everywhere, no lattes, none of that. Let's cut it all so that we could get to a certain place. Once we achieved a certain goal, it was like, Okay, now let's reevaluate. We don't have to continue doing this. It it was for this period of time where we had to and now we get to kind of have a little bit more leeway where we can be a little bit more lenient to what we assign to someone else versus what we do ourselves
1: right yeah that makes a lot of sense
0: no, I really respect that too because it's like each hour, like you said, time is money. Each hour that you have is like an almost an analytical equation attached to it to see what makes the most sense. And if the math works out in your favor, this is the one. That's the one that you do.
1: Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean,
0: that's that's not. It's really cool.
1: Well, but like the latte thing, like we're we're guilty of that. We're really bad with that. <laughs> we like we'll make coffee in our house and then go out and get another cup of coffee. Out. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Or
0: if we go to the gym in the morning, um, we'll, you know, we're leaving the gym and we're like, oh, you want to get a coffee? And like, yeah. yeah. It's I'm just dumb, mindless. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stupid and mindless. And I, at least I know I'm doing it. So I, you know, if, if we, if it's something that we could really cut back on, I, I know that I'm doing that. So at least I can, I'm conscious of it. And I can start writing it in my planner. <laughs> so, okay. Let's get down to kind of the nitty gritty here. So, in terms of like dollars, you know, making, you know, a savings or like saving up for a down payment on a house or like even saving for retirement one day, if you're talking to a person that has never saved, any of their money and they're kind of living paycheck to paycheck and they're like hey i need help you know you've completed the task of kind of organizing their life figuring out where they could cut back what's the next step like what would you say is the first step in saving that money to a bigger goal
2: So, the very first thing that I always recommend to all of my clients is to develop a money routine. So, we talk about, you know, everybody talks about a morning routine and an evening routine and how they, you know, wake up during the day. But what a money routine is, is a set of things that you're going to do with your money every single day. So, with mine, I might, you know, I'll wake up, I'll get a cup of coffee, I'll check my bank balance, I'll look at the transactions, make sure that I recognize everything, make sure that, you know, I'm looking in. seeing what cleared what didn't clear what bills cleared that account all of those things are the first thing that i'm doing in the morning in that money routine i am going to set up some type of automated savings some type of system that kind of helps me stay on track the less that i have to make that system work the better it is when we you know i know they probably heard a million times automate your savings automate your savings but it really is true when you automate it you're more likely to stick to it right the next and and also a lot of people like to try and save really large amounts when they're first starting off um i just talked to a client and she was she was Already having automated five hundred dollars go to another account, but then she wanted to save another five hundred on top of that. And she's like, But I'm struggling. And I'm like, Why are you trying to save so much? Are right. you trying to do a really big purchase? But a thousand dollars out of each check is very high. Right. And once we like she she was like upset with herself because she couldn't do it, but I'm like, You shouldn't, unless you're coming something else is really coming up that's about to be a really big expense for you, then slow down. You, you're you okay. Let's just bring that number down because what you're doing is trying to save $500 every single check and then having to move that money back and now you're right. not really saving
1: anything right
2: because right? now you keep dipping into your savings right so i would rather you bring it all the way down i don't care if it's 50 dollars a check when we first started out we were doing like 10 20 because we were just trying to just you know have something over there because what we're working on there is the habit not the amount right so it's really good to focus on in on the habit of saving so if it's 20 dollars you focus in on that $20, and you do $20 every single time that you get paid. It seems like a really small amount, but after about five months, if you get paid every week, you'll have 1000 You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You have to think about the small things that you can do. I did a post a while ago, and it basically was just saying, if you save $13 or $14 a day, you'll have five thousand by the end of the year. And most of us spend that eating out, you know, yes, we'll spend that on fast food, we'll spend it on coffee shop and just different things like that. So if you think about it, if I save $13 a day, I could have $5,000 at the end of the year, then those small amounts don't seem that small anymore. So starting small, doing the very best that you can and making it automated is my top tips for saving money on a consistent basis, and it will help you actually start the habit of saving, which is better than just trying to save $3,000 at one time. It's better to develop the habit.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think it's important, like you said, automated. Um, I know myself and Julian probably would agree with this. Like I tell him, you know, I need to just like make the percentage of what, you know, for a 401k, it would be like a percentage of your each paycheck would go away to the 401k. And so it gets taken away before the the paycheck even hits your account. So you don't even miss it. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like it's like it feel it feels like it hurts less, you know, when you don't know. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you look at that account, you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot of money in here. And it's like, well, right. yeah, and you didn't even miss it because you didn't right. know it was there. And I think that's right. true of, you know, like you said, moving money from a savings account. Like I know Julian and I did that a lot in the beginning. Like we were just like, oh, we're going to save. oh, no, we're not. We uh, have something that came up or Oh, we want something. A lot of it was impulse, I will admit, but but yeah, I think that's super valuable. Now, in terms of the other way around, so like if you're trying to budget spending money, you're trying to budget, you know, what your bills cost, what you know, food costs, this and that. How do you suggest kind of parsing that out? Like, are there certain percentages that you adhere to, or you know, because I know some people feel strongly about, oh, you should only spend X percent of your paycheck in spending money, and the rest should be bills, and then the rest should be savings. Do you have a philosophy on? that? So
2: with us personally, um, we have set it to where our fixed expenses are 50 percent of what we earn. That, you know, our mortgage is 23 percent and we like to keep it under 25 percent We also only have like one car, one car with a note currently, which is about to be paid off as well. So with us, it's like, we keep consumer debt, especially we keep it all the way down as much, as much as possible. Um, and paying off credit cards as soon as you get the bill, like no credit card debt, anything like that. So then that way you kind of give yourself as much disposable income as possible to budget throughout the course of the year. Another thing that we do on a consistent basis is save sinking funds or you know, like save for irregular expenses. Um, so things like Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, car maintenance, all of those have like we'll put aside now it's a certain amount, um, but we'll do ten percent and just put it aside in an account, ten percent of our income, and it automatically goes there for sinking funds or for uh, irregular expenses. And then another 10% goes toward our savings for currently. And once we are fully debt-free, like getting rid of student loans, then we'll probably up that. We, we also do about 20% to our Roth IRAs. Mm -hmm. But once you like, Figure all out your particular percentages. I don't have a set amount across the board because I really do feel like personal finance is very personal. Mm -hmm. But I look at when I meet with clients, I look at currently where they are and I look at what they're currently spending their money on. And then I'll reduce it by a certain percentage if we need to make adjustments for them to do saving or do other things. For instance, if you normally spend $1,000 eating out every single month. We work on the routine of trying to see how we can get that number down. Like, right. let's see, if you're not saving, you're spending $1,000 a month. I'm not gonna say just cut it to 200 because in my experience, it doesn't work. Right. We can't cut you so drastically so fast. You kind of have to take those baby steps in order to actually get where you're trying to go. So we might cut it by 200 the first very first time that we meet the first month. And then with that 200, we may save that. And then we may reduce it a little bit more the next month right. and reduce it a little bit more the next month. And then every time we are able to reduce it, then we set aside more into savings or set aside it for irregular expenses or set it aside for something else. But I, I usually will look at the reverse and look at what they're currently doing what's their current money personality, because we have You know, as soon as we're born, we're born with love languages, we're born with spiritual gifts, and we're born with a money personality. So if you are naturally a spender, that's your natural, you're just normally always at the mall, happy to swipe your card. Then to try and make you a saver, it would probably make you feel confined and make you feel like you're not really living life. But if we can find ways to make it to where you can still spend as you like to spend, we put you within a certain percentage and then we're able to save the rest or do something with the rest then we are able to kind of make more progress in the long run so usually it starts with finding out what that money personality is and then if you're a saver we might find different ways for you to actually spend or have a little fun if you're a spender then we might find ways for you to save and have a little you know still right. be able to have your fun but either way um starting off there and then working backwards to find those percentages that best fit your budget
1: right yeah i think that that's really interesting because in the other people that I've talked to in your industry, I feel like the theme is you know you need to be okay with getting uncomfortable, and you know it's gonna hurt, and the wallet's gonna hurt, and you know you're gonna have to change your whole lifestyle, and like this is the first time I'm hearing that like you're saying you know each person's you have an individualistic approach, and you know you take into account each person's personality what as to money and as to other things, and I think that that's that makes it super palatable, and that makes your program unique. I really like that.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is you have to realize that there are different people that you know in and different systems work for different people dave ramsey is cut it all off live live like no one else right right live like no one else you can live like no one else eat noodles don't eat anything you know that works for some people that works for some people Mm -hmm. but one thing that i've realized especially in our community is that we currently already have so many barriers against us right right and We currently feel like we can't live life, and we can't do this, and we can't do that. So to come in and automatically say you still shouldn't do this, this, and that, it still feels so limiting. Right. It still feels like, man, I'm I'm not gonna be able to live life until when? And the other thing that you have to, you know, kind of take into consideration is if you decide to try and pay off debt and. You know, put all your money toward debt and you don't have a savings plan, you're just completely focused on debt at one point in time. We don't have the resources all the time to be able to lean on someone else if something else happens. So if I needed extra money, then you know, for savings or for something else, if my car broke down, I might not be able to ask my parents or get it from somewhere else. Right. So the system that we put in place definitely have to work for us. And we have to make sure that it's going to fit our family and not restrict us too much.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that that's huge. I know Julian and I both came from families where, you know, we weren't handed anything like that so you know whereas some of our peers were like oh i'll just get i'll just ask mom and dad for that you know and it's like it wasn't really an option for us and so right we yeah we were kind of forced to pick ourselves up and be like okay no i need to get myself financially right for adulthood (laughs) you know once the games were over in our early 20s um it was like you know it's time to buckle down now and that's that's kind of how we got to where we are now you know we we bought a house we have you know all these other investments things like that and it definitely feels a lot better you feel like you can breathe feel like you're not you know super anxious all the time like oh if something if the world ends right now like i don't have anything in my bank account like you know right yeah right right
0: Right. no and and i know you know we've been trying to figure this out for years now we're still trying to figure it out yeah we're still learning we're still learning every day of course but um um, I also, I noticed too, It's was funny. I noticed that um, like some people, for example, have like an emotional connection, I believe, to going out and being able to spend money. So I think that mm-hmm. it's real incredible the fact that within like your strategy, your programming, um, you know, you're saying, okay, well, you know what, like we're not going to drastically cut you back. We're going to start with mm-hmm. small increments here and there. You're still going to go out and do what you want to do, what makes you happy, but we're going to bring you back a little bit and I'm sure it's to a point where they don't even realize you don't feel it yeah. you don't even really feel it and before <laughs> yeah. you know it you're saving money um, right Elena so I know like um, a lot of us we've all gone through this a lot of us some of us still going through this but in regards to like big debts right depending on you know like student, student, student loans, loans yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it could be that you got yourself into a bad car deal it could be really anything maybe a lot of credit card debt um what are some of your tips that you would give I mean I would say I guess the millennial generation really any generation on how to conquer those big debts so the
2: first thing I would say is take a it- deep breath, it's going to be okay. We've all been there. Yeah, (laughs) and still might be there. (laughs) But um, one thing that I have done, especially with clients is whenever they have taken on or they have um, a very, very big debt that they're trying to take care of, we work out a game plan across the board. So whenever you're uh, paying off debt, and this kind of goes into the same thing that we were discussing before with the different styles of how to take on debt. Um, a lot of times people wanna pay it off very, very quickly. They wanna get rid of it. I just, I don't want it in my life. I wanna get rid of it really quickly. Depends on the amount, depends on the interest, depends on what type of income that you have mm-hmm. and how how your family dynamic works. When, when me and my husband first decided that we were gonna get rid of all of our credit card debt, one thing that we decided to do was to take on additional um like jobs or little things that we would do we would um i'm a i'm an accountant that's like my undergrad degree is in accounting so i would do bookkeeping for other people and go on different sites and try and try and find other sideways side jobs or whatever. And it worked for about, you know, a couple years. But once our children started to get a little bit older, we had to change some of our tactics. And the reason why we decided to do that was because as they were getting older, they wanted to us to be around a little bit more. And I mean, they're still like they're eight and six now, but they're had they have that Memory where they're like, okay, mom, I want you to do this with me. I want you to do that with me. Can we go to the game? Can we do this? Can we do that? Right? Let's go swimming together. And I did not want to be like, oh no, 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 because we're trying to pay off this debt. It's all about the debt. And which it depends on your family. Right. You know, if you feel like you know it's okay, your kids will be okay. No one's then then that is fine. But what we decided was, you know what? Let's create a plan that's going to work for us, but not in the point to where it's going to sacrifice family, right? Like we're still going to make this work. So if you have a very, very big debt, first thing is you need to decide the parameters around that debt. Are you going to work extra time? If, if you're not going to work extra time to make more money to get, you know, to get rid of the debt, are you going to decrease your expenses? Is there anything that you can do? What well, we decided to do, one of the big things that we did is like we used to have pizza nights. Mm -hmm. every single Friday it was like a family pizza night but we would always eat it out like get it the takeout so it would be from pizza hut it would be cheese sticks all of this stuff and it'd be like Mm 40 50 every single Friday what we decided to do is like you know what I don't want to cancel pizza night but maybe we can make the pizza instead yeah and that saved us you know instead of spending $50, $50, we spent like five or six getting ingredients and yeah. in making it at home. And it was really, really fun for us to do together. So finding those really creative ways to still be able to live life, have fun, enjoy your family, enjoy different things, and be able to attack debt is one of the best things that you could possibly do. Don't look at it in the time frame of, okay, I have to sacrifice every single thing and not go anywhere. And only until I pay this debt, but look at it at a well-rounded approach. Like, how can I still attack this debt? How can I still increase my income? How can I still decrease my expenses and put everything that I have toward this debt and not at the expense of something else that I can't recover, like family or anything else, you know? So, looking at the whole and and i'm pretty much like this across the board it's like i'm really big on trying to not be single-minded in any approach that i take especially with money because money is a resource you know it's just it's a tool it's an extra but it doesn't decide how successful you are it doesn't make you who you are as a person Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of times people attach their self-worth to how much money they have. Oh, yeah. And it it ends up hurting them way more than it ends up helping them. Right. And they end up destroying a lot of relationships and a lot of other things in the process. So just being way more well-rounded with your approach, especially with taking on a big debt, because big debt can make you feel like you failed some type of way, Mm -hmm. but- just looking at it in the simple terms of, okay, I got to increase my income, decrease my expenses and figure out how we're going to do this plan, but not at the expense of my own self-care.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that 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 brings it full circle because you're talking about time with your family. Now that's something that that's very valuable, holds a lot of value to you. So you're like, I'm Mm -hmm. not willing to sacrifice that for, you know, in order to throw an extra $50 at my student loans every week. I'm just not. So I think that that's huge. I think not beating yourself up about it is half the battle i mean i know julian and i were like you know oh my god but like for a while we were just like oh we don't have anything you know we need to start saving we don't have anything and you know we're living paycheck to paycheck and what are we going to do and this and that and i think that once we kind of just relaxed and we're like okay this is what we can do it got a lot easier so i totally i totally appreciate that approach like Mm -hmm. you know go eat going easy on yourself i think is important yeah
2: and what i realized a lot of time is a lot of people just don't know and when you don't know what's going on with your money like if you don't know how much you're spending on a daily basis what then you can't See how to fix it, and then you start to panic. Sure, like I'm, I'm panicking because I can't see where my money is actually going. But if I'm writing down my transactions and I'm actually looking at my bank account and I can kind of see the light at the the end of the tunnel, then it doesn't seem as bad anymore.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, making it, yeah, making it manageable. And again, it all comes down to organization, you know, as long as you have, you know, everything in a row and you're like, okay, I can do this. And positive mindset, I think is really, it literally half the battle, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, this has been so informative. I am so happy we were able to have you on the show. (laughs) Tell us, tell our audience how they can reach you. Should they want to watch your YouTube or if they want to reach out to you on social media, how can they connect with you?
2: Yeah, I am everywhere under the organized money. So my YouTube channel, is The Organized Money. If you go to YouTube and just search for me there, you'll see a bunch of videos on planning and managing money and just talking about different money mindset things. And I'm also on Instagram at The Organized Money. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter. I'm everywhere under that platform. And you can also go to theorganizedmoney.com. And I do one-on-one sessions. I have products and books everything that is all revolving around helping you organize your life
1: so that you can manage your money perfect well thank you so much for coming
0: that's absolutely amazing uh seriously (laughs) thank you so much this this was hugely beneficial
1: and selfishly it was beneficial for us i mean i'm just like i learned a lot so our audience is gonna love this so thank you so much for coming by and we'll definitely have you on again if you'd be willing to come
2: yes thank you so much for having me. perfect